Well, Mr. Nagoya, we, we uh, were back in business. We, we, we took a little bit of break for a while. We had to collect our thoughts, and uh, and now we're back up and doing some podcasts and get back in the roll. We, we had some issues with our equipment, and now we've got some fresh fresh gear, and uh, we can continue on our talking about uh, what makes the city such a great place to live. Well, all, like the uh, podcast equipment that we uh, ordered was kind of just you know, really budget friendly, right? Just spend a, a few dollars to get what we needed and, and, and be on the press record. But it was getting pretty glitchy on, uh, you know, having to edit, you know, all the little pops and noises and stuff like that. So, you know, we had to, we had to amp it up a little bit. Yeah, we got some good stuff. <laughs> we get got to- some good equipment, plug and play, you know. Uh, Andrew sitting across from the table, you know, he keeps saying that he's not, he's not an acoustic engineer, but he's trying his best. And, uh, you know, they turned out great before. I don't have an, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we do have to get used to these new microphones because they, you know, and listening to ourselves kind of. Well, you guys are, I'll never listen to myself. I, I see you took your headphones yeah, off already. Yeah, doing yeah. that stuff. So we got a guest today. So yes, 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 Christy. Christy Eisert, the uh, uh, general manager of uh, corporate services. So Christy's uh, scope of work is uh, um, basically all the kind of services to self for the most part are the, you know, the IT equipment that runs uh, um, all of the uh, computers within the facilities and stuff like that. Uh, taxes, you know, that people don't like, you know, City Hall has that uh, stigma with, you know, I only come to City Hall to pay taxes. Whatever. You know, it's a much, you know, it's, it's, it's a much funner place than that. There's a lot, a lot of things happening whenever uh, people come into city hall, they're really, you know, impressed with some of the stuff that's going on, but, uh, you know, utilities, uh, building and, uh, human resources and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of activities happening there. And on that note, you know, the city cold Lake's doing okay with, uh, um, uh, bringing in, uh, new, uh, new employees. Uh, I think a lot of positions, but we, we do have some, uh, positions that are still open. So people that are interested apply to those jobs and, and you should get interviewed. Uh, you know, if you qualify for the positions, we do screen them and, 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 you know, pick some of the top candidates, but, uh, you know, uh, the city of Cold Lake, uh, when it's, uh, you know, in terms of its hiring practices, uh, and, uh, you know, the benefits, uh, that the city of Cold Lake has, you know, that the staff really, uh, you know, they, you know, their feedback is always very positive working for the city of Cold Lake because of the benefits and, and, uh, and the, uh, the workplace atmosphere that is, uh, at the city of Cold Lake. Yeah. Christy, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. Uh, I, I, I just keep talking. So you, you guys just have to go like yeah. Kevin, you know. Well, I will say Christy, <laughs> uh, like all your general managers have a unique characteristic about the way they present at a council meeting. So, but Christy is very thorough. She does a great job of, of doing a introduction of, uh, of whatever the item is and, uh, Rarely does anybody ever ask questions because she's so thorough in her, her reporting. Well, is yeah, that it's just from like, her is, past? It, is that past? Yeah, because yeah, you know experience. when you're presenting a defense to a judge or something like that, right? Because Christy, your background is. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. Is my background, um, and I worked in private practice for a couple of years. So I think I still get paid by the word here. So that's why I figure <laughs> I just give give a whole lot of information when we present to council. And I know it's um it's always interesting to have new members of the public log on to our live stream now and kind of get, get, gain some information about the things that we're doing at the city. And so, so is that fairly common that when you presented to the, uh, judge and, uh, um, when you finished your presentation, it's like, uh, no questions. <laughs> I, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wish that I could say that that was the case, but, um, <laughs> right it, it's law is a challenging, a challenging field to work in. And sometimes you don't have a lot to work with depending on the situation. So right on, right on. So now you're working for the city and you got a, you got a big, huge umbrella of responsibility in the city, all the different people, all the different avenues. And one of the things that we just sort of finished off on your group was the financial audit for the city. That's right. We did just 
finished the audit. It is posted now on the website. So if anyone wants to check that out on coldlake.com, we do have the audited financial statements available there. There's also links to the audited financial statements for the last number of years there as well. Um, and it, it went really smooth this year. It was a really, really nice process. We used a new auditor um, for the first time in quite a number of years and everything went really well. So uh, for for public uh, you know, knowledge is how it works is uh, that uh, uh, through the uh, Municipal Government Act, uh, kind of council can uh, appoint an auditor. Um, last year, the city of Cold Lake went through a uh, request for proposal just to review um, prices uh, amongst the different auditors, qualifications and stuff like that. And through that process, council chose a new auditor this year. I, I, and, uh, um, and through that process, so that, that, that auditor kind of reports to city council and, uh, and brings back its findings of the city's finances. If the uh, administration is putting together the uh, financial statements appropriately and all of the, uh, necessary controls based on policy is being followed, um, through their checks and balances. No, we got a good report and, uh, didn't catch anything glaring and no, it's always, always good. I mean, the city staff do a phenomenal job and uh, every auditor report we get is always stellar on, on all the staff's work. So, yeah, no and, uh, you know, on there, uh, some of the, you know, sometimes there's questions, you know, when somebody's, you know, the number, uh, uh, in terms of, uh, unrestricted, uh, surplus, what does that mean? Cause sometimes that number is pretty big, um, in the financial statements, it's over that, you know, the hundred million dollar mark, but you know, one thing the public, um, quickly is a question whenever we're queried on that one, cause that's a frequently asked question is why is that number so high, but you don't have, you know, you don't have as much actual cash. Well, within those, uh, unrestricted, uh, surpluses includes, uh, things like uh, the actual city cold lakes assets. So, you know, you're talking like the energy center. So you start, you really start adding up when that facility is worth about $50 million and then you've got the roads and, uh, and, and other places, all those are added to the, uh, unrestricted assets and are depreciated over here. And then what, when you take your liabilities off of that, that's actually, what do you have in terms of cash left over? It's a frequently asked question, right? So. Yeah. Some of the things I always look at financial reports, when you look at other municipalities and yourself, is that how much net municipal taxes do you actually collect from real property? And so it, you know, there's little, little headings in there that you can compare our municipality to uh, uh, other municipalities, but there's some good stuff. And then municipal affairs uses the data, correct? That's right. Yeah. The data is available as well through municipal affairs. Um, and there's there's a lot of information available online. If people want more information um, in the reports that we've presented to City Council, those the full agenda package is available publicly with some of the different analysis um, that has gone into those reports as well, and that's available right on the website. So how does it work? Does, so the, the, the auditor presents the findings, and then do we have to fill out forms for the for municipal affairs? Like there's a stat set, and you just fill in the numbers, and then that's what makes that municipal profile site? We do need to do reporting through municipal affairs. So every year, the staff, after we've completed the full uh, process, then the reporting is completed and goes right in. Yeah, there's a, it's a document in terms of technically called, uh, um, uh, it's, it's an information return. And uh, that kind of breaks out a whole bunch of other information in terms of how many kilometers of roads, sewers, and all that type of stuff. And it breaks things into down into, so that way the uh, municipal affairs can, uh, uh, do their comparators, but even then in terms of the, uh, in terms of our, um, general ledger account systems have a kind of generally accepted practice throughout the province that are, that is adopted on how we have to account for all the expenses and the revenues and how they come in. So inside that financial report, just like every year, it seems, uh, talks about the PILT, the, the money that's outstanding. And so, uh, you know, it's good that they catch that, but it, unfortunately that column where that money goes to has always been kind of an albatross for the city where 
what what is that column called again? It's administration, administrative, yeah. and yeah. so it makes it look like we got huge, huge administration costs in the city, but in fact, it's that missing revenue from uh, payment in lieu of taxes relating to the uh, uh, Canadian Forces Base uh, Cold Lake. Yeah, um, I know that it hit media a few years ago, right? Probably three or four years ago now that uh, um, the argument about the city of Cold Lake's administration costs being so high and comparative to uh, many other municipalities. But when you're having to do a write-off and or an allowance for, for, for unpaid taxes, you have to add, you know, for, for in terms of compensation to that, you have to show that on your audited financial statements. And, uh, you know, that when you're talking, that adds another million, $2 million to your financial statements on the expense side, um, that has, doesn't necessarily have the revenue that becomes a challenge and it shows, it shows up on the financial statements, but, um, municipal affairs is fully aware and the government of Alberta is fully aware of the details of that because, uh, of course, uh, annually we have to uh, make our submissions, um, because when all the municipal, when you, when you, when a, when a person's paying their property taxes, a component of that is the, the, the provincial government component, right? associated with the, uh, um, school requisition and seniors. And, uh, so therefore that number adds up over the last 10 years. And we have to ask for a deferral of that because we have not been able to collect that from, um, the federal government in the payment lieu of taxes. So, so those numbers match within the financial statements, but when somebody looks at the financial statements and just looks at the one piece well, how come your administration costs are so high? Well, you got to, there's kind of a little bit more to it when you're, when you're reading the document and, uh, you have to take it all in before that conclusion is, uh, is made. And did you know that, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, the public, you do every once in a while, get the public ask, you know, um, how much did the, uh, the mayor make? Makes right? a lot of money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not that much in comparator, your worship and fairness is not that much comparator, um, uh, to other, uh, mid-sized cities and whatnot. Um, but all of the, uh, salaries for mayor and council, um, and, uh, benefits or whatever is all included because it has to be shown in accordance to municipal government act. So the taxpayers know how much yeah. they paid. And that include is inclusive of the, uh, CAO's, uh, compensation as well. So yeah, it's all everybody's there. Everybody's there. Yeah. I always thought that what's missing, and I think I brought that up in a, in a public meeting was per capita. I still think that they should have a column so that you can now look at all these numbers on a per capita basis. So, you know, everybody's equally, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Most members of the public can do that if they go to the municipal affairs website. You've got to kind of do some mechanics around it, some calculations around it, but you can go to their website to get that uh, um, information, but it's not on the financial statements. You're right. So uh, any update on the PILT? What are we, how are we making out with that? There is your worship. Uh, we've had some really exciting advances this year, as of course you and council have been briefed on, but... Um, the appeals that are outstanding before the dispute advisory panel, and that's for the payment in lieu of taxes appeals, those go back all the way from 2013 all the way into 2021. And we've been trying over the years to get, um, to either negotiate a resolution or to get scheduled just a hearing to be able to resolve these disputes. Um, and luckily we were able to get that scheduled. We actually had a three week hearing at the end of uh, February going into March. So the dispute advisory panel has fully now heard all the submissions from the federal government as well as from the city of Cold Lake. And we're just waiting to have the decision um, come out. It might still be several months away. We're not too sure um, timelines, um, what that might look like, because there was a quite a significant amount of evidence which was heard at that hearing. Yeah, no, I got to listen and watch uh, some of it. I mean, it was well done by everybody and uh, it was very fascinating. 
and uh, I thought that the judges, is that what they're called, the judges? Uh, it's a tribunal. Tribunal. Yeah, tribunal. Uh, yeah. Asked a lot of good questions. So I was, uh, it'll be fascinating. I'm looking forward to the results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in fairness to the tax rate, it brings resolution. And, uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, what we need out of this is also a, uh, a way forward on how the assessments will be accepted um, or ought to be accepted. Um, and that is kind of the crux of the uh, evidence that are, is between the parties is, is how, how things are calculated Absolutely. under the built legislation in balance with under the municipal government act and the regulations under, under the uh, government of Alberta. I think everybody, no, no matter who the taxpayer needs to be, everybody should treat the whole system fairly and, and everybody pay the same and everybody's under one brush. Nobody should be able to get a 50% discount like the provinces right now, right? On, on they're only prepared to pay. 50% of the property tax, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of provincial property in our city, but can you imagine Edmonton and, and Calgary? Uh, oh yeah. That's huge. Yeah. They've been huge impacted money. pretty hard from the provincial side. Yeah, and exactly. like what, yeah. what is the advantage of uh, governments doing this to municipal governments? We're just a creature of, of, of the province. And uh, I think they need to share in the, in the love of running a municipality. Yeah. If, if any of the listeners are unaware of kind of what the situation, I guess, looks like when it comes to PILT or payment in lieu of taxes. It's basically just that federal properties don't pay taxes in the same way any other property owner would. Um, so in ex instead of paying taxes, they pay payment in lieu of taxes. And the legislation sets out how that would be calculated so that it's fair that all taxpayers within a municipality would pay their equal and fair share. Um, and that's basically the dispute as we're looking at what is the assessed value of four-wing um, so that the payment in lieu of taxes can be received by the city in a fair way. I think it's good to note for the public because we have, you know, it has uh, shown up on uh, media every once in a while in terms of uh, one was the previous decision because we have been at the tribunal once before and I think there were some good things that came out of it, but there are some things that both sides said that didn't come out of it, so we had to resolve it. And number two is is that uh, the city of Cool Lake actually sought uh, um, the, uh, the the federal court of appeal to uh, um, to make a ruling on, uh, you know, how the city of Cold Lake has been treated in terms of some of the decisions that have been related to CFB Cold Lake. Um, and the, uh, judge, uh, the results of that, the judge actually made a decision saying that the city of Cold Lake has been untreated fairly and the uh, decisions were unreasonable. So, um, so it just, the, the, uh, the file has got a lot of depth and, and, uh, a lot of information. So, um, uh, in order to present those to the tribunal, it takes a little bit of time and that's why there was, yeah, the hearing's done and hopefully we have a decision, um, this year, um, you know, maybe this summer, you know, well, um, summer no, no, great, yeah, great, yeah, great yeah. to move forward in, uh, in a positive way. Yeah. And, uh, no, I just think that everybody did a great job and, and, and kudos to the, to everybody involved. So when we talk about funding from the province of the feds, uh, one of the more important things is, is how many people you got in your community, right? Yeah. So we just had the federal census and came in with uh, good, strong numbers for the city. It's growing. And uh, now we're going to kick off a, a municipal census, or we have kicked off a municipal census. Absolutely, yes. We did start our municipal census right at the beginning of May. On May 2nd, it um, was initiated. This is the first municipal census that we've conducted as a city since 2014. Um, so the census will go all the way until June 22nd. Uh, this year, the census is being administered a little bit different than um, some previous years in that we're doing an online census. Mm -hmm. So to each individual dwelling unit within the city, we did deliver a blue bag 
with an envelope inside, which included a secure PIN code. And we were asking each resident to use that PIN code to go online and complete their census online. Now, for the residents that did not complete their census online, we're now going around door to door and trying to catch those individuals as well. For anyone who has any concerns about um, difficulties going online to complete their census, we've been having drop-in sessions at both the South Library, the North Library, as well as at the Farmer's Market every Thursday. We also have our census phone number, which was available in all the packages, and we've been advertising so people can phone us and we can help them just do their census over the phone. You're at really the Farmer's well. Market. Wow. We're at the Farmer's Market every Thursday. Um, it's been really exciting because we've been able to help people actually complete their census there. We do ask people to bring their uh, PIN code from the letter if they have it. If they don't, that's okay. We can still help them out. We can get their PIN code for them. And then also just if people have questions and just want to talk to somebody face-to-face -face about the census and any concerns, they can just come to the farmer's market and do it there too. What if you're a renter? Renters should fill that out? Renters fill it out as well. The census is not just for property owners. It's to capture all of the people who live within the city of Cold Lake. So if you are living within a property in the city of Cold Lake, you should absolutely be completing the census. Usually one person per dwelling unit just completes it for um, the residents. Yeah, I, I got mine and I filled it out. So I'm not a real techie, but I managed to do that. And my, my dad, even 84-year-old 80, man, he, he shocked me. He said he filled it online. So my dad can do it. Anybody can do it. But uh, no, that's good. So are we seeing, is it still pretty slow getting people up on the census? It, it's been a little bit tough getting the responses. We were hoping for a greater online completion at this point, um, but we're doing okay. Uh, things are still going up. I think that there's just been uh, last two years have been a little bit hard for people. And I think it's just getting, getting going again and wanting to provide that information to us. We have so. some prizes. Right. For, yes. Uh, right. There were some prizes uh, for people doing it online. There was. Yeah. We offered prizes for the first two weeks of the census. So it closed on Monday of this week, but have any been drawn yet? We didn't actually draw the winners oh, yet. Oh, we can't make any announcements um, yet. So oh. we, we have no announcements to make today, but it was anybody who completed their census those first two weeks was entered to win a draw, and we did have uh, two $250 gift cards. Right. So we will be drawing those very soon here. I think, uh, you know, we need to express the, uh, you know, for the public, it's, uh, you know, it's important to get all the numbers. Um, so that way we can project, uh, you know, utilizing our municipal development plan and, um, those have numbers in their terms of population thresholds, um, things that be necessitated for infrastructure considerations within the community. Um, you know, they have, it's a double-edged sword also, like, uh, your, as you know, uh, your worship, our, uh, our policing costs, uh, went up this year. So now, uh, that is going to have a pretty significant impact because it, it, uh, the formula changes, uh, once you hit the uh, 15,000 threshold. And uh, no longer is it uh, that the municipality pays 70% and the province pay 30. It's now 90, 10. So um, with that, is, yeah, it's a, it's a big one uh, that, you know, of course, a council implemented in its uh, 2022 budget, uh, kind of a five-year integration of that because uh, we've been putting some money away, knowing that that day was going to come. And uh, now we can implement that over a longer period of time. So that way, you know, you're, you know, you're, million dollar hit doesn't have to happen all in, uh, in one year. And, uh, of course, as you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars per tax, uh, uh 1% taxing. Yeah, That's a significant, uh, impact to the, uh, to the community. So. And the retro. Yeah. And our retro, oh yeah, the, the retro is related to the RCMP, the collective bargaining agreement. And that was a, another piece of the conversation. 
But when it comes to the population, that's important on both sides of the house to be able to see what, you know, the costs are there. We know that we're there, but also for the projections for the community, because uh, in terms of, um, as you know, we've been getting a lot of investors kicking the tires in Cold Lake, um, looking at, uh, you know, the the positive economic benefit. Uh, There's some some big uh, uh, construction developments that are being proposed on uh, Fort Wayne Cold Lake getting started uh, um, for the new uh, fighter platform. So I think there's a lot of interest. We see there's construction already happening down by the uh, Pizza Hut area and the uh, Edo and uh, Starbucks. Uh, lots of people asking what that is, but you know, formally we can't really say. Yeah, just tell them to go to the coffee shops. Everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows it's a bad kept secret, but we can't formally say, you know, in, in, until it comes out by the uh, the company itself. Just, just... It, uh, the municipality needs to uh, uh, respect the, the development permits and stuff like that, that we get, that we don't go out and just say something because we, we know about it, uh, respecting that they probably have their own programs to launch information and stuff like that. So, yeah. So census, uh, or hopefully is get a hundred percent return. And then, uh, at what point do you say, let's keep it all going. If it, we, if we can, can we extend it past June 22nd, if we have to? I think we'll be successful by June 22nd. We've got people out door knocking right now. We've got people out door knocking right now. Um, And what we've been doing as we go around to each of the doors is if people are home, we do conduct their census with them right there with an enumerator. Tablet. With it right on the tablet. Um, But if people aren't home, we're leaving a plastic bag on their door with a little pink slip inside, just reminding them to complete their census because it is still available online. So it's a very labor intensive process to go around and do it door by door to each person face to face. If people are able to do it online, it's just, it's really more efficient uh, to be able to capture those responses if people are willing to do that. And even just calling our phone line and doing it quick that way. We go right into the apartment houses? We do. We go right into the apartment buildings. Um, we hung all the door knockers on the apartment doors um, inside there. And we will be going back in to do door to door enumeration within the buildings. Um, some questions that are on there. Yes. Relating to access to physicians, doctors, and, uh, whether you had to leave the community and, and, uh, how long did you have to wait? Uh, there's some good questions on there, Christy. Uh, want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're doing something really unique here in the city of Cold Lake in that we're using the census as an opportunity to ask some really important questions that are, um, really local in nature. Um, City Council has been working for a number of years on physician shortages, uh, physician availability for members of the public. So we're taking this opportunity to gather information from directly from the people within the community, asking them if they have a family doctor, um, if they do have a family doctor, how long is it taking them to get an appointment to see their doctor, whether they've had to travel outside the community to get medical services. We're just trying to understand what that availability looks like so that uh, city council can utilize that information to advocate for the people in the community. Right. No, it's going to be great. Uh, We can use that information with DHS. I mean, we know that there are four to six doctors recruiting right now. And so we've always said, as soon as a doctor comes into Coal Lake, their palette of patients is full within a week or so. Yeah. 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 No, that's... uh... And you're also having emergency room uh, rotation and locum challenges at the hospital. I think this is, uh, uh, there was a, uh, uh, through the uh, a municipal election, of course, there was the uh, questions that were on the municipal election as well. And as far as we can uh, tell, based on, you know, elaborating or extrapolating from the uh, results of the municipal election on how many people uh, actually voted, it seems like about one third of the population doesn't have, uh, you know, kind of an attached 
uh, family physician and, uh, and thereby, um, you know, the feedback we wanted to go into a little bit more detail was, uh, you know, how long, you know, even if you have a family physician, how long does it take to get in? And, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's just speaking of personal experiences, I know that I started in, uh, uh, you know, last year I was trying to get into a physician or, and, you know, we were looking at September, I was starting and then you have to phone every week and, um, you know, the Mondays to see if there's anything that's opened up or anything like that. And I finally got in, I think we're driving to Edmonton the one day there, your worship. I think that was, uh, uh, February that I got in. So, you know, that's why the questions are asked there is, you know, if it's above three months it took for you to get, and then are you going to other communities in order to access healthcare itself? Absolutely. And we've been having these conversations. Um, city council has been looking at this issue for a long time. And when we did start crafting our plebiscite questions to ask in the, with the municipal election, some of the feedback we received from city council was those three questions didn't really capture the full picture of uh, physician shortages and availability in the community for the public. So the census was a really great opportunity to ask a little bit more detailed information. Uh, we do, of course, always want to note that we want everyone to complete the census, but if somebody just doesn't want to give us that information about uh, their family physician, they can certainly choose to just uh, not give a response on that question. They can just say prefer not to answer. We, we still want them to complete the census and they can just choose that option if that's uh, what they feel they want to do. So, so this um, time of the year is always the, the fun part of, of your job is going around collecting property taxes from everybody, from business and residential. I don't know that I'd call that the yeah, fun yeah, part of the I'm job. Teasing, <laughs> yeah, teasing, yeah. But so how it all kicks off is uh, everybody uh, in Coal Lake is given a, an assessment, what their property is worth. And we have a, an assessor that looks at, at all the properties in Coal Lake. I think uh, if I remember correctly, they look at that work in the fall of the of that the previous year and then uh, they assess all the properties and everybody starts getting their notice of their assessed property i think it's in february or so you get an envelope and it says what your value of your home is at or business and then uh, you were saying this year that nobody kind of appealed uh, their 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 notice that's right your worship so once you receive your assessment notice then on the notice it indicates how many days you have to file an appeal and an appeal would basically be, you would be saying as an individual that you don't believe that assessed value of your property is the proper uh, value of the property. And the date um, that the property is valued is for July 1st of the previous year. So we always want to make sure people realize that. Um, but for the last number of years, we've received a handful of appeals each year. So those are appeals that go be before the assessment uh, review board. And we haven't received any, we didn't receive any appeals for 2022 and the appeal date is closed. Nice. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, and so that led uh, into the budget process uh, uh, because we did the budget in the fall, we had a, a number, uh, how much money that we needed to raise through taxes on our budget. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a really extravagant budget. Um, and so, but we realized that, uh, you know, there would be a, a tax increase. And so we were, we were we were playing with the mill rates, and so uh, some municipalities, as we we mentioned in council the other night, some municipalities just leave their mill rate where it is. They don't move that mill rate; they just it, it's pegged, and it doesn't move around too much. Where Coal Lake always adjusts their mill rates according to the assessments coming in, and based on what our what we want to get for net municipal taxes, and that tax increase is shared amongst all of the different commercial, multifamily, and residential on an equal basis. That's yeah, I think that's an important uh, message is uh, um, if the assessment, uh, the value of everybody's home increased by 5% in the community, 
and a municipality says, well, we did a 0% mill rate or tax rate increase. That's always the, you know, qualifier. You don't hear the tax rate or tax increase. Uh, the city of Cold Lake has always said, uh, stick to right to the number of how much new money is required or not required in order to run the municipality. Um, but if you had a 5% assessment growth and you did a 0% tax rate increase, you actually still have a 5% increase in municipal taxes, right? So, um, or even more. So uh, depending on the, uh, assessment split uh, between residential and non-residential properties, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, sometimes those are other missed messages that get uh, the public confused. Um, but, uh, you know, when the city of Cold Lake says it's going to do a percent increase, it's just the new money. If you're collecting $20 million today in, in uh, net municipal property taxes, and if you're doing a 1% increase, you're taking a one per take the 20 million, add 1% to the 20 million. That's the new money. So that just has to come out of the basin of all of the assessment within the community. Yeah. Right on. And it's, it's interesting because when you read the press clippings from, from Alberta municipalities, some will just say we're leaving the mill, mill rate the same. Yeah. And okay. Well, but overall, what is your tax increase? Yeah. And so it's, yeah, I just, a bit then, of but, it, but in fairness, so when the assessment is going, um, up tremendously, um, and you leave that, those are significant tax increase potentials, um, where Cold Lake will, 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 will dip the tax rate increase. So you're going to compensate by not keeping that tax rate up where it is. You're going to, you're going to actually make it smaller. That number is going to go down. So that way you don't have to, you don't collect all that additional revenue and that stays in the pocket of the homeowners. But on the other side is, is that when the assessment is falling, um, and the values of the property through like a, the recession and stuff like that, the tax rate kind of gets balanced in order because the assessment is going up and down. Right. So you got to go the other way. So I was shopping at Sobeys the other day and, uh, a person sort of banged her cart against me and said, Hey. Colic has some of the highest taxes, and so we got into these discussions. And so, when we compare ourselves across Alberta and municipal profile section, we're about about three quarters the highest. Like we're in the seventy percent kind of range still, right? Like we used to be very, I, very high. amongst the mid-sized cities. I think even we might be a little bit lower than that. I thought we're at around the sixty percentile uh, range when the last time we did it. Mm -hmm. Of course, we haven't done it this year. Um, uh, that's some uh, uh, probably a chore that I should take on and do just to see where we're at for twenty twenty two. But, uh, overall our, you know, the taxes are probably about, yeah, we're not, not that high. It'd be when somebody says that, uh, a resident says we got the one of the, we got the highest taxes. It's usually, you kind of need to dig deeper into the question of, you know, what property do you have and what are you relating it to? Right. And a lot of times it's relating to something, um, different. So, yeah. It was interesting on your document, Christy, you talked about the education part is going to go down in Colic. That's right. That's right. And we did um, include some information on that, just looking at um, across the province, um, because similar to how when we're setting the tax rate, the province determines how much money they need to collect uh, to be able to do the education programming within the province. And then that's split out there um, down into the municipalities and each municipality has their proportion that they would pay. So um, ultimately they they look at calculating that amount and we get a total amount that we need to collect, but we just pass it right back onto the province. The city doesn't keep any of that money. Yeah. Maybe people don't realize, but I think last time I checked education budget, it's 25% supported through municipal, municipal taxes. property taxes. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people don't know that is that, uh, the, yeah, your general taxes in the province pay 75%, but they come to the municipalities for the extra 25%. And of course, on the PILT case, we have this outstanding education component 
that thankfully the province education minister every year says, okay, we know that you owe us some education money, but we're willing to defer. Until the uh, litigation is completed. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. fantastic. Thank the minister every year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a special, <laughs> it's a the, call. the, 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 uh, the, you know, it's a, a annual request and it's, you know, at any time the uh, province can call its marker upon the city of yeah. Cold Lake and, uh, um, we would have to make that payment, but of course that's going to hurt, uh, the local in terms of the uh, cash flow ability of the city of Cold Lake in order to do that. Cause we have to advance that cash without having having collected it from, uh, the government of Canada. So we passed second and third reading the other night. Uh, so now what uh, happens? We, uh, it's going we, to it's gonna be on Tuesday night. And so, um, we then takes a week or so people get to check in or the, the bill in the mail and then they all freak out. We'll be sending out the tax notices just shortly after, uh, we have to have those sent out before June 1st. So we'll be sending all those out as soon as our tax, uh, tax rate bylaw is passed. It's next week that it goes for second and third reading. So council will look at that. And, um, as long as it's passed on that day, then we'll get those notices out very quickly. Um, the, the public will notice that once PILT is resolved, um, if we do get a resolution this year, that there will be a significant difference in some of the financial reports that we do provide to council. Because we do have, as uh, you were mentioning, your worship um, in the administration line, there's an amount there for the unpaid PILT, and we also have an offsetting allowance. So there's a few financial documents that'll have some changes to them once um, this big legal issue is finally resolved. Oh yeah, it'd be great. I don't know how I, I, think, I don't know how we'll be able to handle it. Uh, not having that line, you know. I think a uh, on, on another side, a, a positive note. Uh, our uh, I think the public would want uh, information is the uh, a council at your corporate priorities committee uh, signaled for a uh, kind of an update of the seniors rebate program associated to municipal property taxes, and uh, of course that document or new policy hasn't been written yet, hasn't been passed by council, but, um, the uh, committee is, uh, making a uh, recommendation, which is a committee of council making recommendation to council that, uh, that it be, uh, reworked because we, it used to be based on, uh, if there was a $5 increase to uh, more than $5 increase to, uh, uh, seniors. And there's a definition surrounded that of, uh, of municipal property taxes, then they can receive a kind of a discount uh, of the, uh, of that net increase, uh, if they met certain, uh, wage criteria or income criteria that is, uh, that is provincially recognized. Now council is looking at, uh, under its direction, um, something more like a hundred dollars coming back to the resident. If there is, if they're meeting the qualifications of financial qualifications. So there's a new formula being, uh, uh, put together and, uh, should be on council's next agenda for consideration and ratification. So that'll be a positive. I know that the seniors have been asking what, you know, is there any updates in regards to the, uh, that policy? Now it's not been voted on, but, uh, there's some uh, new information coming out that council has considered. Yeah, no, it was a good discussion last night and, and a hundred dollars is going to help. I mean, especially uh, people on fixed income. The uh, interesting one was the province one I, where people can defer, work with the province and defer their, their property tax. The, the province pays it for them, but it's like a marker on your house so that if you liquidate your house, the province gets their, their cash first. That's right, Your Worship. We understand that the province does have a deferral program for seniors that qualify. Um, so qualifying seniors uh, with certain financial criteria, they can potentially apply for this deferral program where basically the province would be putting a lien against their property, sort of like a line of credit, a uh, home equity line of credit or something like that, where there would be a lien sitting there on their property and then that would be um, assisting them in paying property taxes. So eventually it does all need to be paid. It's not like a rebate program or any type of forgiveness. 
The city's program is really different because our seniors uh, homeowner rebate program now, we're looking at the rewrite of that, but that would just be $100 that would just be given to seniors that qualify. Uh, and in the review, there's not many municipalities that practice this. The only other municipality within Alberta that we were able to find was the city of Brooks has a $100 rebate program. Uh, but other than Brooks, no other municipalities we could find had anything. You classified a senior as 60 and over. Very good. The, and the way we would be looking at is seniors that qualified under the Alberta government seniors monthly cash um, benefit program. So it would be the definition of that program. It wasn't I, a very high number. I like financially, it was pretty low that you needed. The financial qualifications, I believe, is around 27000 annually. Yeah, it's um, tough. And I, of course, we can't say if that program ever gets changed or tweaked. I'm not sure how often they actually look at it, but it's as long as you qualify for that program um, and your principal residence within the city of Cold Lake that you own and you live in, um, we would be looking at giving a $100 rebate to seniors um, there. Right on. Well, what do you figure? Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting signals here from across the table that uh, we're around the 35 minute mark. Uh, you might put people um, asleep. Yeah. Going. You know, we've, we've done that before. So no, it's good. Good to kick back, <laughs> get back in the swing of things. And thanks Christy for joining us. And, uh, you guys do a great job and, uh, always like your presentations at council. So, uh, we never did buy Bitcoin, did we Christy? We never did buy Bitcoin. No. Yeah. We did have that one request one time. Why isn't the city buying Bitcoin? But, um, you know, I always tease you about the gold that you have in your bottom right drawer there in your desk, but uh, I, you know, I always have fun with the financial people. I love it when council asks if there's money in the kitty. It took me a while to figure out what they were talking about for that, but it's, um, yeah, well, it's all Politicians love to spend money. <laughs> all right. So until uh, next time. Yeah, might as well. Right on. Cheers, everybody. How's that, Christine?